1: All right. You might be asking yourself, how can I unleash my superhero? How can I better my life? Well, don't worry. We've got some ideas for you today. And I've got a Hobbs and Shaw review. Yeah, bros and cars, as Captain Influence puts it. And of course, he, Captain Influence, has some good info on the upcoming Lord of the Rings Amazon series. Oh, yeah. You know, we always have to nerd out. So let's rock it. Hey, I just want to say this. Thank you for joining us. I love doing this show. We love doing this show. And if it weren't for you listening, we would be talking to ourselves right now. And I don't know how exciting that would be.
0: It wouldn't be very exciting, but we do it well. And
1: we we excel
0: at talking to ourselves. Yeah,
1: that's true. You know, I've actually... Have you been one of those people in life that, you know, you talked to yourself when you were younger or still do?
0: Oh, God. Oh, man. Let me count the ways. Okay. Okay. I, I talk to myself so much. You'd think I was schizophrenic, but I'm not.
1: <laughs> I, you know what? I would say the same. I think creative geniuses. I'm just going to throw that there. Creative geniuses <laughs> talk to themselves. So there we there we have it. I don't know. We've if solved I'm a, a mystery. You're creative? Are you kidding?
0: I, I have a creative mind. I, I don't. I do not think linearly, and that's I, very creative. I, mean, I yeah, right. You but think fourth dimensionally. But I could never consider myself a genius. I mean Whoa. i I had a pretty I had a pretty good IQ back when I was young. But I mean, I could have been a member of of Mensa. Was it Mensa? What, what's that genius club that you can join if you have 140 IQ or Mentos? higher? Mentos, <laughs> the Freshmaker. Yeah, I could join the Freshmaker Club. Pop Mints. From- I think it was Mensa. Sun, sunrise to sundown. Yeah, so yeah, I could have, but I, why, why would I want to? And, and, and I think I, I kind of drank myself stupid in my 20s and 30s. So, uh,
1: But you know what? You chose to not be the genius you were. Yes, How about that? I did. There you that, go.
0: that was my choice.
1: You are a genius. Well, here's the thing too. They're proving now <laughs> that genius does not mean that it's just IQ, even though that's what we've all been taught to think is that, well, if you have a high IQ, you're a genius. Well, they're saying, what about people with high EQs? The emotional quotient. They're also geniuses in their own right. So, you know, yeah. let's just see what happens. I'm going to, me, to I'm me, Brian, gonna that's accept kinda it.
0: Like, okay, fair enough. I'm going to accept that
1: I'm a genius because that's what I tell myself. and And there I just need to say, Brian, <laughs> you are correct. You are a genius. And I say, thank you, Brian.
0: That's kind of like saying <laughs> that all the kids get a trophy at the end because they put uh. the effort in. I'm very against that whole concept. I mean you have you have to have a healthy competition and reward system, et cetera. So mm-hmm.
1: oh, I agree. So I, if you want to call yourself a genius, <laughs> <I'd-> <laughs> see, there's a difference between you know me being a genius and those kids who just show up. so I, I, I just want to say that <laughs> no, but to your point, actually, I completely agree with you, on a serious note that yes. I am totally against the whole give a trophy for participation. I think that's a lot of crap. I think it actually does a major disservice to the people that get the trophies. You know, it's interesting. (laughs) This, this is actually very interesting to me because I have had some experiences with people. What let's say in the 18 to 25 year old range in the last few years, those that I've had interactions with when it comes to anything where they say, hey, I'm going to get involved and I'm going to do fill in the blank, right? That kind of an interaction. And I would say that every single interaction with those people where they have said, yes, I will do this or yeah, let me help out with this or yes, I'm going to, you know, it's like all these grand visions of ideas that they have. And I would say that their follow through on every single, every single person that said that all of them 100% did not follow through Hmm. because they didn't really want to put the work in. They wanted the result, but they did, really didn't understand the amount of work that was going to go into it, and so they just kind of, you know, fizzled out and did something else. And so,
0: you're, you're hypothesizing that they are a result of that mindset. I yes, that that's my hypothesis. Very, that was very big, in the starting in the what late '90s into the 2000s, a ways, yeah, and maybe prevails today. I don't know. And I
1: would say that they're of the age that yes, that started with them. You know, they show up they get a participation trophy. You know, they they're on a sports Mm. team that loses and they get a trophy, you know, just because, well, we're all winners here. And so the truth is all of those people probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 20 people over the last few years Mm -hmm. did not follow through on what they said they were going to do. hundred percent of them. Okay. My hypothesis, however, is that that's what's causing it because they interesting. If they just show up, they win. Why would I have to put the work in? If I was that age, and I did not follow through, I would be ashamed of myself. I learned, like, I grew up with that. You follow through. You finish what you started. And if, if there's a time where you got to say, I can't finish. Or you do what you say you're going to do. There are exceptions to the rule, but... Of course, always are. Yeah, you do what you say. There we go.
0: This tangent was not planned, ladies and gentlemen. But, we but did how not good was
1: it? it? I know, right? Yeah. It's just interesting. I don't ever want to be somebody who is entitled or you know, shows up and gets a trophy for, you know, or you basically, you win for showing up. Like, I don't want that. I want to work for it. You know, okay. Granted, even when I was a kid, no. I had a friend who basically it was, it was very interesting. So he was given whatever he wanted. I would go out and I would work my butt off and I would buy myself something. And one time I went out and I worked really, really hard during summers in order to get a stereo. It was really cool. I loved it. And then my friend said, I want that. And his parents said, okay. And they gave it to him. So he got the exact same stereo. Well, here's the thing. I worked for it. I appreciated it. I took care of it. That stereo lasted from the time that I was a kid all the way through college because I took care of it. His was like destroyed within a year because he didn't have any appreciation for it. So I am thankful for what was instilled in me from my parents. I look at that and say, I want to work for it. I want to be rewarded for excellence and hard work and or smart work, you know, stuff like that. Not just showing up. So that's me.
0: So the takeaway from this rant is you should appreciate the things you earn. Yes. More than the things you're given.
1: Ideally, you appreciate both because if somebody gifts you with something, you should appreciate that. But I totally agree with you. You get
0: to appreciate the things you earn more than the (sighs) things you're given. True. How exciting.
1: Yeah. But again, a true gift, a true, true gift should be really, really appreciated as well. And sometimes it's the gift you don't deserve, but it's worth it. You know what yeah. I mean. And that's really yeah. cool. So yeah, I I liked that. That was a cool, thank you. Thanks for uh, you yeah. know indulging well, in that discussion.
0: You're welcome.
1: Yeah. What's our vocabulary word of the week? This week
0: we're gonna go with sedulous. S E D is in delta. U L O U S. Sedulous. Sedulous. Mm, the definition is involving or accomplished with careful perseverance, mm. diligent in application or pursuit.
1: <laughs> Isn't that perfect? Uh,
0: yeah. Right. I so that was not planned. So Brian, Brian, you are very sedulous in your quest to improve the real Brian show.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Well, wow, I like that. that That's funny. That was seriously. And I didn't even read your word until just now. Okay. So that was not a planned whole thing, but that worked out really perfectly.
0: That was not very sedulous of you.
1: Well, that's okay. I did. <laughs> I did plan out sedulously. Uh, that's probably not it. Maybe it is. Maybe I, that's think, it is. I think it is. It is.
0: It's an adjective. So yeah. There
1: you go. I was being very sedulous about you know tying things in. You know, I've heard this from people. In fact, we've talked about this with the show and stuff. You know, where it's like you need to tell people what's coming up next and stuff, and you know, assume that your listeners are dumb. And I thought that's that's stupid. <laughs> people say that. I'm just telling you. I know we do not have dumb not listeners. Not dumb, ignorant. There's, there's a difference. Uh, yeah, but even our, our... I don't believe that... Lost. People, How about lost? I don't, I don't believe that anyone that listens to this show is ignorant or dumb or anything like that, but, you know, we're maybe, maybe we're not always... all
0: ignorant pe- in some fashion. Okay. In fact, most of us, all of us, all of us, without exception across the globe, are ignorant of 99.9% of what there is to know.
1: But if Just we, on this planet. If we choose not to know about it, are we still ignorant? Or are we just uninformed?
0: If we choose not to know, well, first of all, you can't, oh, we're getting into another tangent here. (laughs) You can't know everything that there is to know on earth. If you combine all the knowledge of all the human beings on the planet, no one person can know all that stuff. Of course. Yeah. So how do you define true ignorance?
1: Honestly? I mean, that's a great question. So ignorant versus uninformed is what I mean. Okay. So I'm going to look up. Okay, lacking knowledge or awareness in general, uneducated <laughs> or unsophisticated is the definition of ignorant. But see, ignorant to me is is very negative. I didn't know. Yeah, it it does have a negative
0: connotation. Yeah, in, but maybe it's in, really not uh, in conversation. Yes, but no, it's not. It honestly isn't negative at all. I mean, we all exist in a state of ignorance. Each of us knows what we know, and then. The rest we're all ignorant of because yeah. it's just the way it is. That's how, how it has to be.
1: Uninformed and ignorant <laughs> actually technically are synonyms. So they, they mean similar things. Uninformed is not having or showing awareness or understanding of the facts. So they're essentially the same. But again, like you said, not we can't learn everything. So if we're all ignorant in knowledge, well, duh, everybody is. Well, regardless, regardless, this was fun. And so going back to what that I was, was saying, fine. well, you know, I was going to say that whole thing and I'm just going to completely ignore that. I'm not even going to tell you what I was going to say. Oh, but I want to know. <laughs> I was going to say I'm very sedulous on how the flow of the show goes and not everyone knows it. That's what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, especially today because we're just going nuts and I hope you don't edit any of this stuff out because this is gold.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not going to because here's the thing. The flow is perfect and it actually ties perfectly into something that I want to talk about. Good. Perfectly. So the question is, should we just dive right in?
0: Let's at long last, put our hands together, bend our knees, look down four stories. I'm doing this right now. Look down four stories at the water below and jump.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're diving right in people. Woo! Yes, we are. It's funny that we kind of went off on that little tangent. I'm going to call it a tangent. Yes. About earning things and being sedulous about this kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm always thinking about how to better things in my life. This is just kind of one of those things I nerd out on all the time, even though I'm, I'm putting this under my, you know, the unleashing of the superhero, because I think any of us here, I, I am mean, really, I have got to believe I'm not the only one that thinks about this stuff. How do we better our lives? How do we unleash our superheroes? You know? So for example, yeah. how do I put yourself in these shoes? How do we, you know, better our monetary situation in a way that is providing for our households, our families, ourselves, whatever.
0: How do we, for the lifestyle you want to live?
1: Yeah. Or, and especially need too. but yes, want is in there too. You know, how do you better your time management so that you have more free time, more time with people you love, stuff like that. How do you better fulfillment in your life impact of others? You know, I'm always asking too, like, how do I continually better the show? So it's like, we're, I think we're always thinking about these things. In some fashion or another, maybe not as much as I do, but it's something I think we think about. Yeah, I mentioned last week or the week before it was one of those two about not consuming. If you remember this and I was just talking about, you know, just one day I was just trying to be still I was trying not to consume or think about stuff. I was just trying to just you just be there, you know, and then this week I, I actually read three different things. And again, this isn't me trying to just consume, consume, consume. I was just like, oh, hey, you know what? there's this thing that's been sitting on my desk for six months that I've never read. I'm just going to pick it up and read it right now. And it's like this little card of random things on here. And I thought that's really cool. And then there was another thing where it's an email from a client. She sends out emails to all of her, you know, people of her clients and stuff. And I mean, usually my inbox is inundated. I I usually don't read everything, but this one I'm like, hmm, I'm going to read this for whatever reason. It was short. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, this is good stuff. I got to share this. And then I haven't picked up a Tim Ferriss book or anything in, I don't know, probably well over a year at least. And I just saw it and I thought, I'm just going to pick this up and kind of flip to a page. Boom. And I thought, wow, there's some great questions here. We're going to kind of nerd out on those questions. So cool. I want to go through these things because I thought each of these things, one, I think will better our lives. I can share personal examples, but what I want you to do is, and this is you captain influence and also you listening. Oh, goody. Put yourself into Whatever you know, fill in the blank sort of thing. And as I'm talking about these things, think about where you're at in your life, how this applies to you, and then go from there. And by the okay. way, answer these questions yourself. We'll answer them on the show, of course. And feel free to send us any answers to these questions that you have. That you're like, oh, I gotta share this. I'd love to hear them. All right, I'm ready. I'm all right, so, excited. So first of all, a couple random quotes that I read through these things, and I love these. One is, "Blessed are the curious." for they shall have adventures. And I thought, man, we're curious on this show. That's what nerding out means. We're curious. Yes. I I love that. So blessed are those who nerd out, for they shall have adventures. We are blessed. We really are. Yeah. Here's a second quote. Let us be the crazy ones, the ambitious ones, the ones who see beyond the limits of today. I loved that.
0: That's generic. I don't know if I like that one. I like what it's saying, but it just sounds gratuitous to me. I don't know.
1: Okay. But think of it this way don't be normal, don't follow the social construct, be out there. How about this, like, the freaks shall inherit the earth, right? <laughs> within, within the
0: context of the social contract, I might add. Well, within reality. are if, with if you're a little too out there, then you just make everyone around you uncomfortable. I'm
1: not talking like that. I'm talking about, okay, okay w- would Elon Musk be considered, <laughs> uh, you know, normal?
0: Oh, God, that's a great question. What's he What's he? I don't know what he's really like, but I've heard some stories that he's a little eccentric. Yeah, but okay. And I think that if he, if he did not have the ambition, the drive, and the results that that ambition and drive has achieved, would he be someone you'd want to spend time around? I don't know. That's a really good question.
1: Steve okay. Jobs, Elon Musk, they're ambitious, and they saw beyond the limits of today. They are people yeah. who have invented things that revolutionized what we experience today i've always been an early adopter i got to thinking that like i don't know in the last i don't even know maybe maybe seven ish years i feel like i have not adopted anything early at all and i thought man am i getting old or am i getting boring (laughs) i'm like what is wrong with me and I, i i thought back to that stuff and i said there has really been nothing revolutionary in the last seven years, that is like literally revolutionized the way we see things. At least that I'm interested in, right? So, for example, hmm. the iPhone came out in 2007. That revolutionized phone usage.
0: But now it's just the next iPhone, the next iPhone. Yeah,
1: everybody's. It's yeah. just a bunch of copycats now, right? If you look back at, of course, the iPod. You know, when the first iPod came out, let's put yeah. you know a thousand that songs was, in that your was pocket.
0: A, that was as big a deal as the iPhone, almost.
1: Totally. And you look at when Spotify came out, I told you I was a beta tester for the U.S. when it came to the U.S. I remember telling everybody, this is going to destroy radio and change the way we do music. And everyone's like, what's Spotify? Dude, look at it. It's revolutionized the way music is is consumed now. You know, Pandora. Yeah. Yeah, Pandora did too, but nobody, well, people still listen to it, but oh yeah, exactly. It used to be. And then you think about Facebook that revolutionized. Granted, MySpace came out first, but Facebook revolutionized social media. What's happened since then? A lot of copycats. You've got Instagram, you've got Snapchat, you've got, you know, blah, 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 but they're all copycats. So it's in like, have we had anything really that's just, you know, come out within the last seven years that it's like, wow, this is going to revolutionize the way we do fill in the blank?
0: And Someone I can Someone out of there listening is like, yeah, what about, uh, well, Please okay, bring it up. Yeah, uh, I'm, is, yeah, please tell us because there might be something that we're totally missing and we'll both go, oh, duh, yeah. Uh, well, but you're right. I can't think of anything off the top of my head.
1: And you think of Netflix, but that was 2000. That was a long time ago. Yeah, the DVD and service was one thing, but when they started really amping up their streaming, that changed everything.
0: The whole paradigm of streaming all these movies and shows, and especially shows more and more now started with netflix and has
1: expanded from so. there to amazon to the, hbo the, disney else? everything i mean it's just been, yeah, again, copycats netflix right. really revolutionized it but it was back in 2010 to 12 somewhere in there that it really took off so yeah i mean do we have anything new no that's that's my point is like there's nothing new you can say oh well you know this is new i'm like no it's a copycat it may be a new service but it's not revolutionary
0: your point is you haven't had anything new to early adopt
1: Yes, so that tangent as you say ties in with what Which i was, was saying fun. yeah but it ties in perfectly with what i was saying about yes. people who are ambitious and who see beyond the limits and that's why i think it may you know seem like a gratuitously generic quote to you but i think it's extremely powerful because those who are quote crazy ambitious and see beyond the limits of today revolutionize the way every one of us does things
0: you're absolutely 100 percent correct it just without that context it sounded like a gratuitous quote
1: sure well that's why I'm glad we discussed it because I think a lot of people listen to that and say okay cool 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 quote bro and I'm like yeah but (laughs) look beyond the limits of
0: this quote think of what it actually means and you did a good job of doing that Brian well thank you you were very uh, sedulous in your application of that quote
1: see I had it all planned out (laughs) genius 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 all right here's the other one or the last one here whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority it's time to pause and reflect (laughs)
0: that's
1: a good one <laughs> I think that's kind of funny yeah, too. I like
0: that
1: one <laughs> I think it's great too here are the things that I read that I thought were really really good the the first thing that I read this all ties together in, in the first little piece was three ways to shift your perspective so wherever you're at in life whatever you're doing so if you're thinking about something you're you have a problem you're stuck on that problem you can't find the solution that's what I'm talking about or you know, you're, you're having a bad day or maybe you're, you hate your job, but really it's not a bad job. You just have a really bad attitude about it. And so life just kind of sucks, you know,
0: or something you that. have an existential crisis of some kind. Yeah, and it you, could be uh, very serious and you're thinking about continuing your life or not or something like that.
1: Yeah. These are three ways to shift your perspective because I think, and I think we've talked about this many, many times in the show that in fact, I know we did when we talked about the depression piece, that there are circumstances in our lives but our attitude and our perspective, our choices basically are what really truly determine where we go with things. Mm -hmm. So I like this three ways to shift your perspective. One is to ask for someone else's point of view. So for example, the point with this was if you're going through something, chances are someone else has gone through this as well and they may have something you've never thought of. True. And it may help you to either solve that problem or go, I never thought of it like that. Hmm. I like that. So that's a
0: good one. I like that
1: one. Second thing is, this is actually a really cool one. Get some distance. That doesn't make any sense. Again, face value. But here's the definition of that. Imagine yourself as a character in your own, like in a story. Just say that. Imagine yourself as a character in a story with the, quote, dilemma that you have. And then you're now the author. How would you solve that? So write the solution to the character in the story. Hmm. see if that solves your problem or changes your perspective. I love how that. Does,
0: I love that too, but how does that relate to get some distance? Does that mean pull yourself out of yourself and look at it? Yes. Like see the forest for the trees type of thing? Yep.
1: Okay. Take a step back. So
0: see the forest for the trees. I'm a yeah. huge proponent of that philosophy. Okay. Go ahead.
1: And I like that though, that if, if you become the author of You, I'm one of those people that would say, well, my solution is I have a starship and I get to travel the stars. <laughs> yeah. Suck on that well yeah that's not going to work so well in 2019 so we better figure out a better solution all right the third one is let your mind wander this goes back to what i said about just being still what it goes into is they're saying this is kind of funny new research is showing that allowing yourself to be quote bored is the key to creativity so for example resist the temptation to talk on the phone text listen to a podcast watch video basically consume or do like Resist the temptation to just constantly fill your brain. Just go blank. Basically be still and see what happens. You may find some, you know, perspective or some solutions. And again, though, there can be a bad time for that. You know, like if you allow yourself to go down dark paths, of course, and you probably don't want to be doing that, but I liked those. So those are three things to shift your perspective. And then going back to that quote about blessed are the people who nerd out for they will have adventures. Mm-hmm. they talk about three ways you can have adventures. One is of course to travel and you know, you can money, go on some, money, money, well, money. so you can go on some grand adventure or, and this is something that's going to tie into to something that we're both nerding out on is maybe you could do something a little locally and just kind of, you know, the U S has a bunch true. of beautiful areas. I'm sure Canada does. Too. I'm sure wherever you live has beautiful yes. areas locally. doesn't have to be a lot of money. And we'll talk about something. Exactly. No matter where
0: you live on this planet, something nearby is going to be adventurous. Exactly. Even it if even it's even only a little bit.
1: Yeah. yeah. It could be something in your local town that you've never seen. So travel somehow. The second thing is to learn, which this goes a little bit in, you know, Opposition to the one I was talking about where you gotta let your let your mind wander. So there's balance here as far as you don't want to overconsume, but you know, it's it's good to learn about things. And in fact, you know, you think about going on an adventure while reading a book. That was the never ending story. You remember that? When you talk about going on an adventure through books, and I I always loved that. It was one of my favorite quotes in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Third thing is dare. Once a week, dare mm-hmm. yourself to try something that you normally would not do, whether it's eating unusual food, taking a dance class or whatever, going go-kart, racing, whatever. I mean, you know, you pick. Just do something you're like, I wouldn't really do this. Let's Sky go do Skydiving. Yeah, exactly. No. Well, I couldn't it's, it's it. up to you. Bungee jumping without a Oh, I do that. or no. a cord.
0: <laughs> I'll do the first two. Skydiving? Two out of three isn't too bad. Traveling and learning.
1: You can dare yourself to do something. <laughs> I you don't want to. It could be uh, scared, Brian. Putting some Folgers between your gum and cheek instead of like drinking it. Oh, hey! You know, all right, like, now you're thinking outside the box. See, there you go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it might kill you, but hey, all right. The uh, the second thing that I read, and I'm I'm putting this into really anything that you set out to do. So put yourself in these shoes. Whatever you're setting out to do right now, here are three enemies to prevent that, and this. Goes back to what I was just talking about. One is the overconsuming thing.
0: You're three just, obstacles.
1: Yeah, three obstacles. I like enemies, though, yeah. because we got to crush those enemies. Anyway, overconsuming, those that just consistently consume and learn and read. Or eat. Well, that's true. That's, that's or true. Or drink. Yeah, overconsuming, period. Goes back to balance. Yeah. Second thing, yes. overthinking. Totally, yes. totally guilty of that. But yep. And then the third one is actually, and I liked this one a lot, is overdoing. It's easy to just keep doing and doing and doing and you think, "Well, I'm super busy and I'm doing a lot, but the results aren't showing that." So, yeah, I like that. Yep. That's when you step back and say, "Hmm. I mean, I don't I should- like that." Well, yeah, we don't like to overdo. We like to see the results. <laughs> and actually, this point right here goes into the third thing that I read.
0: We were on the third thing he reads, which is four questions. Yes. And they're fun.
1: Okay, so this one goes along with the overdoing. So if you're doing too much and you're not seeing the results you want, so think about this from, okay, you have a business. Okay, you are trying to lose weight. Okay, you are at the gym working out, doing whatever. Fill in the blank. You're trying to fix your garden. I don't care. Fill in the blank, pick it. You're doing a lot. You're not seeing the results. This is a great question. I've never really thought of it like this because usually you think, well, what can I do? to solve this problem. Like mm. I'm in the gym and I'm trying to get a six pack. Like me. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're, you're the eight pack. So I'm just trying to get to the six pack before getting to your, you know, magnificent beastness. kind of down to
0: six now that the, the other two are hidden a little bit, okay. but go ahead.
1: Well, you are a magnificent beast regardless. So thank you. Thank you. Usually I would ask, what can I do in order to get that six pack? So you start adding things, right? Or what can I do to make more money? So you start adding things to do this question, Oh my gosh, I love this. What if you could only subtract in order to solve your problems? So like you could not add things. Let's say you've, you've got your list of things that you do right now to get your six pack, to lose weight, to be more successful with your business, to make money, whatever. Instead of saying, what else can I do? You have to subtract things. You have to, you have no other choice. So you have to say, okay, what can I eliminate off my list of things? in order to solve problems. Would it solve problems? Hmm. Isn't that interesting?
0: It is interesting. See, personally, I don't do enough already in a, on a daily basis. So to subtract anything for me, would th- this isn't the right question for me personally. <laughs> I work okay. hard every day. I earn yeah. my money. Yeah, sure. I work 40 hours a week or whatever, but I don't see anything personally that I could subtract. But that doesn't mean there isn't something. So that is an interesting question.
1: But see, you know, you could think of it from... Any, anyway, I mean, really, you could even take steps back and say, okay, what can I subtract from my life on a daily basis oh, that yes. would create more happiness or more whatever?
0: See, Brian, you're so good at <laughs> at putting things. You're so sedulous about, but I'm using that word too much. I in like wrong it. Way. No, no, it's good. I think okay. I, I don't think I'm using it correctly. You're you're good at putting it in perspective yeah. and making me think about it in a way I hadn't thought about it before. So keep doing that.
1: Okay. I love the uh, the health example, the working out and the eating example because they actually talk a lot about nowadays they're finding that subtracting things when it comes to working out. So, for example, people go to the gym, you know, five, six, seven days a week and it's actually bad for them because one, you don't ever give your muscles a chance to recover and build back up. You're just constantly tearing them down, which means you're not doing anything at all. You're, you're getting no results. Mm. Evidence now is saying that you should go to the gym less, but your workouts while you're there should be super effective and targeted and exactly what you need. And then you don't go back for a few days, Okay, which is great. That means we have more time, right? But then we're actually getting the results we want. Let's just take the real Brian show. For example, if okay. I were to say, Oh, Hmm, it's not where I want it to be, or I want to make more money with the show or whatever, right? Instead of saying, what can we add to the show? My, assignment would be what can I subtract from the show and then would we still have that same level of success would we still have what you all listening would still want what if we took something away would you would you hate it would you want like no bring that back which actually would solve a problem right because you'd know what people really wanted and what they missed so I'm just using that as an example because you listen to the show you know like if I I took interviews out and now many of you are saying bring back the interviews so I know that's something that well, we all want, I want it too. And we are working on that, right? But if we were to take out deep thoughts, would everybody run and try to jump off a bridge? And we don't want that. We, we want people to you know, spare your lives. I, I would miss it. I know that.
0: There's no reason to subtract that. So
1: Exactly. But you you see yeah. my point is that, <laughs> of course, I'm not looking at any problems right now. I'm just saying, if you have a problem that you're trying to solve, subtract something. So anyway, great question. Here's another question. What if you did the opposite for a specific period of time. And then specific period of time is to determine if it makes any difference or not. So hmm. if it's 2 days, if it's 1 day, if it's a week, if it's a year, whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's that's five where you minutes. F- What if you did the opposite? Now, this we have to throw out common sense. So like if I say for a week I'm not going to shower or brush my teeth or take care of my body, then that's just stupid, right? So we're not talking common sense stuff. We're talking I love this term socially reinforced rules. So for whatever reason, a bunch of random people started saying, here's a great quote early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Is that really true?
0: That was coined decades and decades ago, if not centuries, it's still perpetuated. People still use
1: that. And they still believe that if you get up early and you And you go to bed early, you will be more successful. They still believe that. In fact, books are still written around that today. Okay, interesting. Is it really true, though? Ah. So you see what I mean? It's a socially (laughs) reinforced rule, and that's what I'm saying. What if you did the opposite? Would you still be healthy, wealthy, and wise? Or would you actually be more? I mean, who knows? Like, this is what I'm talking about. What if you did the opposite? Okay. And, And that's where you can experiment and- you know, for example, and again, I'm using personal examples because that's, well, that's what I know. So put yourself in these shoes and fill in your own example. But everybody says do a niche podcast because that's more successful. Well, it is. It has a success. But what about those that aren't niche? There are a lot of non-niche podcasts that are very successful. So what if I did the opposite of what people told me that I should do? And again, not common Which sense. Which is what you do every week. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the rebel rouser here. So and it works. Think about that. Third question. Number three. I like this one. This is something I'm actually going to go do. What do you spend a silly amount of money on? Hmm. You might be able to answer this one too. Maybe silly is not even the right word, but you know, you spend a little more proportionately of money on something. So first of all, the reason you even ask this question is one, you find out what your spending habits are. And two is you might go, Hmm okay is that a good thing is that a bad thing what can I do with that maybe you'll find out that what you spend a silly amount of money on is something you could capitalize on
0: Then I could subtract how about this for me yeah. it would be toasted coconut flavored almonds
1: <laughs> That sounds really good though
0: they're addictive <laughs> the blue diamond sells them at your local grocery store they're yeah. $10 a bag okay and I will buy a bag like every other week they don't it's sound a- bad for you no they're not bad for you but it's a silly amount of money
1: but is it a For decent a snack?
0: snack? Yeah, as far as snacks go, it's better than buying a bunch of uh Twinkies or, or uh, powdered donuts or something like that. Ah, yeah, sure. absolutely.
1: Okay. Okay. But That's
0: my quick answer.
1: I, sure. And it may not be a bad thing. I was thinking about stuff. I mean, I spend a, you know, proportionate, yeah, I would say coffee, like going out to coffee shops cause I love going there to work and, you know, but I even try to buy just two shots of espresso, which is about the cheapest thing you can get on the menu minus like tea. Mm-hmm. So I'm not buying the $7 Frappuccinos or stuff like that. So I wouldn't say it's a silly amount of money, but I do go to coffee shops or like games. I like to spend money on games.
0: Yeah, that'd be my next answer. Games
1: Sarah and I like to go out to dinner, but it's not like we're going to these, you know, hundred dollar restaurants. Better not be. Uh, Yeah, we're not. I mean, it's funny. Sarah's like, (laughs) we go out a lot. I'm like, well, you know, we do, but I mean, think about where we go out. It's like Chipotle or, you know,
0: because we don't want to spend a lot of money. The Himalayan Bistro.
1: <laughs> I'm a lion. I'm See, a lion. And they're not even that expensive, but the food is spectacular. You know, it was funny. One of our coworkers was talking about, she doesn't like to go out to dinner because she can make dinner better at home. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, you know, yeah, if you're going to like Applebee's or by the <laughs> way, nothing against these places. I'm just saying, if you're going to places <laughs> like that, I can make better. I can make better food than that. You know, Sarah, the way that Sarah cooks food and I, you know, when I jump in and do some spicing and cook stuff too, it's like the flavor that we cook, the health level of the food we cook is significantly better than most of those, you know, chain restaurants. Sure. So we don't go to them, but there are some, you know, cool pizza places like getting a Chicago deep dish pizza. I don't know how to make one of those, so I can't make that at home, you know,
0: stuff like that. Or have the the best burger that, humans can make at bad daddy's burgers.
1: yes or the hamalayan Himalayan, yeah, the, himalayan beast we don't know how to make food the like that best right
0: non i've ever had oh my
1: gosh yeah. yeah so you know when you can't make food like that those are the places we go
0: this all goes back thought. to what do you spend a silly amount of money on yet, yeah yeah
1: so. one of the comments they talked about is that yes you can potentially capitalize on something like that so something to think about all right last mm-hmm. question this one's fun this is a, the typical, you know, you heard it in office space. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'd tell you what I'd do, man. And I'm not going to continue that statement, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm changing it to say, if you had enough money period that you are essentially set for the rest of your life, takes care of you, your family, et cetera, everything like you literally don't have to worry about money. Yeah, literally don't have to worry yep. about money. What would you do with your time? Yeah, because I think people say, question. what would you do? And a lot of people are going to say, oh, I'd go on vacation, and retire. Really, though, would you really do nothing for the next 40 years of your life, 60 years, 20 years, whatever?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you got to do something to keep your, to, yeah. to have fun, at least.
1: I would feel compelled, though, to still do something that's fulfilling to me and also would benefit others, even though I would want to have a lot of fun, too, and I would want to vacation and travel and stuff. But I would still feel compelled to do something of value, regardless so I'm throwing that in there. What would you do with your time? Okay. All of the above. Okay.
0: I got to think about that one, Brian. I am. Um, hmm. I don't know. I really don't because I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. I'm sorry.
1: Are you fairly content with where you're at in life? Yes. That's good. Yeah, I am. Nice. Yeah. You are a success I'm content.
0: Story. I'm content with very little. Thank goodness. Because I feel bad for people who are, who feel this constant need to have more, more, more. That's yeah. just not me. Yeah. So money, Stuff, none of that. I don't, I want very little. My father, he is retired and he has enough money. He, I mean, he's not rich by any means, but he has plenty of money and his wife makes, still makes a lot of money. And he could not just sit around and do nothing. He had to, I mean, he, he does side jobs for friends of his every day for like little to no money. Like they might pay him under the table or something like that, but he makes negligible income doing that. He just enjoys keeping himself busy. He's living that question, essentially. Mm. And that's his answer. Do random side jobs for your friends to help them out, get paid or not, and stay busy. Stay busy really is what he's doing. And so I feel like I would have a similar similar answer. I would just want to stay busy, and that could change from day to day. Mm. So I like your answer more from an ideological perspective, but mine's from a practical perspective. That's what I would that's the simplest answer I can give you. I'd want to keep busy.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, that's, that's a fair answer. Not really. (laughs) No, it's a fair answer. I think it's, it is a fair answer. Yes. But keeping busy with the things you want to keep, it's almost like, and I I heard this definition of success, which I sort of adopted for myself was the definition of success is to have the freedom to say yes to what you want to say yes to and no to what you want to say no to essentially. Okay. Which I really like that because, If I, for example, you know, I work with clients. Let's say that I worked with a client that was just a pain in the butt, you know, hated Mm -hmm. that person, but I had to keep them or her because they're paying the bills essentially. Right. But if I had freedom, if I had success, I would have the freedom to say no to that person and say, no, I don't want to work with you anymore, for example. So that's like the definition of success in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, you saying that you are wanting to keep busy, I assume you would say I would want to keep busy with the things that I choose to keep busy with though.
0: Yeah. I would want to keep busy with my new little boat that I'm going to get. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd keep busy with my boat. I'd go out on my boat and go fishing a lot. That's what i do.
1: That's not my boat. That's your boat. That's not my boat.
0: <laughs> I want my own boat. I want my boat.
1: <laughs> so I was thinking, and this is more of a generalization, but I still think it's a, it's a good generalization, is that I'm not somebody who is striving for like riches, I think there was a time that I did, but that's because I was surrounded by people who were also striving after <laughs> riches, nice cars, yep. you know, millions of dollars. And I just felt like I know I, I felt compelled to do it. I know the type. Yeah. And once I got away from those people, I was just like, you know, I don't I don't need that. You know, it's 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 just unnecessary really. But I do. Need, I need enough. And that's again, that's the, the whole point. Well, if you had enough, then what would you do with your time? And I can definitely say that I would no longer take on any activity that was striving after money per se. I would focus all of my activities on things that again were fulfilling to me and that had a, a positive impact on others. Good. That's pretty much what I would say. That's very general, but that's where I'm at right now. And I haven't actually gone more specific than that yet. I'm working on that's kind of, I mean, I just read this and I thought oh, this is a good question. And I think once Ooh. I can answer these questions, in more specific answers, then I might be able to even take some immediate action, which could be kind of cool.
0: Move to the Swiss Alps and open a hostel. (laughs) 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 Very rando suggestion for you right there.
1: So one thing I would do if I had enough money is I would, uh, and this is just ridiculous, but I would get an Airbus A380. For those of you who do not know what that is, it's the double decker. It's the largest Airbus out there, kind of like on par with the 747. And it would be a custom private jet and I would just travel the world and anybody that That's wanted to come much with me space
0: for one person. No, I said
1: anybody that wanted to come with me, we, because I'm not a loner, I, I'm an extrovert. We would have adventures oh, right. together. We'd have groups of friends together. We'd, we'd travel the world and adventure and we'd do the show from the plane all over the world. That's oh, make that. It happen. Wouldn't
0: that be awesome? Make, make it happen, Brian. Yeah.
1: And about 60, it what is it, a lot about? of fuel
0: though? A I don't know. A couple
1: hundred million dollars for the plane and then, Probably and a couple million, probably a, year.
0: A, a couple million a year for fuel and upkeep. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm about three quarters Deer of the way to dream, there. Brian, three quarters of the way there. There you go. Yeah. In, in my dreams. <laughs> in your dreams. That's right. <laughs> but you know what? Again, I take a step back and I say, really though, <laughs> that's a crazy idea, that's- but I really don't need that. So then you got to step back and say, okay, well, what else? Well, that leads me to something I'm kind of randomly nerding out on which I think you and I can have some fun with this is I do want to travel the world. I have had the privilege of traveling to other countries at various times in my life. Not a lot, but enough that I, I really have great memories from that. There's always the desire to travel around the world and see different countries for me. I mean, you know, and, and experience new cultures and stuff like that, but there is anymore a lot that goes into traveling internationally. And of course, air travel is just not, it's not as fun as it used to be how much fun would I really have traveling to other countries? How safe is it to travel to certain countries? You know, stuff like that. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because in the last couple of months, I've been running into more and more people who have been traveling the U S or even mm-hmm. like here in Colorado, just going to all the various locations in Colorado that even I haven't seen yet. Ironically. Yeah. When I was in Las Vegas for you know, our, our, our clients conference, this guy runs in on the elevator and He's, you know, dressed up in his motorcycle gear and everything like that. And he's just like, hey, everybody, how's it going? Blah, blah, of course, strike up a conversation. Turns out on his hog, he was driving through all of the the national and state parks, Mm -hmm. and that was his goal. He had been moving basically from the East Coast all the way to the West, and he had, you know, arrived in Vegas and was working his way through all that stuff. What a great idea. And he was just sharing. I mean, of course, this wasn't very long. It was only a few minutes. He was sharing just all of the beautiful things that he had seen. And and I thought, you know, that's just one thing I've never done is Mm -hmm. travel the U S really very much. And I'm not a road tripper, but I got to thinking, okay, well, if I were to see parts of the U S of course, it'd be fun to fly to various parts and, you know, stay in a hotel and rent a car. But then there are some places where you just can't, can't get to on a plane or you really don't want to go to on a plane. If you know what I mean? And I don't necessarily want to drive in a cramped car for a long time. So I was like, Hmm, what about an RV? <laughs> what about if you got like, not like a huge RV, you know, cause those are crazy. Like the big bus ones or whatever. I think that'd be hard to maneuver and drive and just a lot of upkeep and stuff. But what like about a little Winnebago? Yeah. Like the little class, what they call B pluses or the, you know, the small class C's that are super maneuverable. In fact, the ones I'm talking about are like on a Mercedes van. So it's like they drive like an SUV, you know, they're big enough, but they're not huge Upkeep's easy you're super mobile, you can run around and do stuff. And I just thought, I think it'd be a lot more fun if you're going to drive across the country to have a little RV to be in rather than driving in a car and you got to get off at certain rest stops. And I don't know, there's there's that, that scene in Dumb and Dumber that just haunts me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which one? <laughs> where he's at the rest stop and the guy comes in and he starts sucking his thumb. Anyway, um, that's a... <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just and granted, I'm not necessarily like we should get an RV. It's just it's funny because I I always nerd out on the most random things and it's just me gathering information and then I move on to the next thing, you know, Mm -hmm. but this is the latest thing that I've been like, oh, I just read about RVs and stuff. My parents have a fifth wheel. I'm not interested in, you know, hauling a fifth wheel, nothing like that. And then I read and I've been reading this all over the place that apparently 35 to 44 year olds are now the fastest growing RV market.
0: What thirty-five to forty-four year olds can afford an RV? Number one,
1: I'm not talking about the full-size, you know, million-dollar RVs. I'm I know, talking about I the know, ones just, that are like about a hundred thousand or less. That's that's a ton of money,
0: Brian. What what you what, know how much I'm people? I'm curious. You know what demographic the thirty-five to forty-four year olds are making up the fastest-growing RV demographic. I, I'm really curious.
1: How much do you think those thirty-five to forty-four year olds? How much debt no. do you think those people are in?
0: Majority. Well, if they're an average 35 to 44 year old, probably quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so there
1: you go. They're, they're putting it on credit, man. They're not, they're not buying these things. Okay. With, there's no way. So,
0: see, Because I'm, I'm equating our people who buy RVs to me are people who are retiring.
1: That is still a huge demographic, but it's not the fastest growing one anymore.
0: So I'm wondering, and I'm being a little snarky about it, but I am wondering if there are, I mean, cause I know that there are 35 to 44 year olds closer to 44, That are retiring early because they've made a sick amount of money in the tech industry. They can afford to retire early and they'll buy an RV. I bet bet a lot of that is happening. And I wonder what percentage of that demographic is those people.
1: I think a lot of what they're trying to say is is that people are doing stuff a little cheaper, a little bit more locally and trying to, you know, because air travel is a pain in the butt nowadays. You think about, you know, people that I know who have kids, for example, flying is a pain in the butt for those people. So it's easier to pack them into an RV and go on a trip. Now, granted, I have a lot of friends that uh, they don't own RVs. They, they tent camp. I don't really like tent camping anymore. I used to, I used to yeah. do it all the time. I used to camp all the time. It's just like, eh, you know, it's not comfortable nah. after the whole yeah. back issue and the fat, you know, the, the failed surgery and everything. It's just not, it's not fun anymore. So yeah. having a bed is a good idea, right? But you know, if you're going to travel, if you're going to fly and you're going to go on a trip and you're going to get a hotel room and you're going to do stuff, you're going to spend a decent amount of money. And in fact, you know, you talk to people that I know who have, again, let's just say the traditional 2.5 kids in the household. That adds up quickly. You start, <laughs> I, I, I know the yes. point 0.5 kid is like, we don't want to I mention know. him, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> her. I always hated that. No, 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 it's always the him. Oh, it could be the oh, redheaded okay. stepchild. But anyway, I think it's a typical thing where people are just paying too much money nowadays to really go anywhere. And so
0: that's, and get I, an I get RV, that, but still, But I don't think that we're taking the logistics in mind. Even a small RV, you have to store someplace. Sure. Uh, You have to either have it parked out in front of your house all the time, which neighbors hate, and and it's just not done very often. Or you pay an RV storage place that you can just leave it there until you need it, and that costs a lot of
1: money. Yeah, but even then, if you were to add up, if you were to say, let's just say you get a used RV, you're not getting a brand new one. Right, right. It's a nice price, but it, well you still want something that's going to last you. So say that it's sure. somewhere between 50 and a hundred thousand. Let's just be realistic for the, for the okay. lower end, cheaper, smaller RV. They go up from there, but let's just say that. Oh yeah. There's a big upfront cost. We know that, but mm-hmm. if you travel to multiple places throughout the year and you continue to do it and you do it for many, many years and you are able to you know, keep that RV running for a while, I would say that hands down, you're going to experience a lot more. You're going to have a lot more adventures. You're going to go all over the place and you're going to save a lot more money than if you were to go on trips where you fly, you know, pay for a hotel yeah, go from there. I'm going to say that you're you, going to save a lot in the, the long run. If the
0: same amount of travel in the air, yeah, you're going to save money. But it's still just a huge time and money sink, even the most basic RV. And I'm curious to what 35 to 44-year-old demographic yeah, I don't know. are making up that fast-growing RV market. That's interesting to me.
1: Hmm, Like I said, scratch our
0: heads about that one.
1: Lots of debt, man. I I think that's probably where most of it comes in. When we had our house and we lived in a certain neighborhood, it's like people were always bringing home something new, new trucks, new boats, new RVs. These guys weren't rich. You know, I'm pretty sure it was a lot of debt. It's possible that they were all secretly rich and we were living around a bunch of millionaires, but I really doubt it.
0: They're all material girls living in a material world,
1: Brian. Yep. Well, Let's have a little fun. If you were okay. to have an RV, where would you go? Where, where's the first where, place you'd go right now?
0: Oh, I have, a, I have an immediate answer to that and I haven't even had to think about this. I would take my RV to the Great White North. I would drive back and forth across Canada until I die. <laughs> and oh, great. maybe I wouldn't even need a green card or whatever their equivalent is up there if I could just go back and forth constantly and there you go.
1: just travel, travel, travel.
0: That's what I'd do with my RV. I'd go to Canada.
1: All right. I love it. (laughs) What would you do, Brian? Let's get you an RV and get you out of here then. (laughs) Heck yeah. (laughs) Woo! I don't know where I would go first. I would probably, probably go kind of in our general area first. You know, like I would very likely go somewhere in Colorado, but there's so many cool areas within the Colorado, Utah, Idaho, Montana, even parts of Wyoming. There are a lot of things that I've wanted to go see that I've never seen. And you really can't fly to most of those places easily. So I thought "Eh, that'd be kind of fun. But I mean, you know, I would, I'd love to go to the beach and just have a place on the beach where you could park your, your little RV and just, it's like a beachfront property, you know, oh man,
0: clear out plastic every morning when you wake up.
1: Yeah, totally man. Totally. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Oregon (laughs) would be fun. Uh, I mean, I love Seattle in the area of Washington would be fun. You know, dude, there's so many places, so many places I would go. That's the problem. But I also want to go to Hawaii and right now, I don't have a flying RV, an RV boat. So, working on it. I guess if I get working a on. boat, well, that goes back to my Starship.
0: You can, you can pay to transfer your RV over to Hawaii. It's just, you know, it's a one-time thing. And Yeah,
1: yeah I think I'd just fly to Hawaii. So, that would be one where I would fly.
0: That'd be fun, Good man. Good question, Brian. Good well, question. I'm really excited right now. This is what I'm nerding about right now. End of last week, I purchased an under-desk treadmill. No way. Yeah, because I have a stand. I have a
1: sit-to-stand desk. Oh, and I was going to say, you're sitting on your chair and you just like move your feet? No, no. Oh. <laughs>
0: that would be, that's funny. No, I hadn't even thought of that. No, so I have a sit-to-stand desk. So I stand up while I work at home Sweet. for the company I work for in Colorado. And I never sit at it. When I'm working, it's always up. So I'm always standing in front of it for eight hours a day. And I don't get out and walk enough because, to be honest... I don't take the time to do it first thing in the morning, early in the morning. I want my coffee and my oatmeal, and then I got to get to work. By the time I get off work, in the summer, it's way too hot and muggy where I'm at to do some good walking most days. Or in the winter, it's too cold and snowy and slippery. There's these parts of the year where it's good to walk and parts that you just don't want to be walking outside. So, what would be my most ideal situation? Of course, if I could walk while I work. And this is a thing. There are lots of underdesk treadmills you can buy. The reviews are mixed on the efficacy of this, uh, so I'm kind of crossing my fingers. If I can actually type and design, do design work while I'm walking, I can get thousands of steps in per day. And that would Dude, be life-changing yeah. for me. If it doesn't work, I'll return it, and that yeah. would royally suck. But the thing with it is, while, while you're walking on this treadmill, if you're bouncing too much to really do accurate yeah. design work and stuff, yeah. that that's the big Wild card for me, and yeah. and I'll know yeah. next. So next week, you all get to hear about how it went. But mm, what good co- I got to thinking: what could someone invent that would stabilize the upper body while allowing the lower body to move or bounce?
1: I actually have an idea. Go for it. Because this is actually something that I just thought of as you were dis- discussing that. Because I've mentioned that you know I love biking, and this time of year I bike, mm-hmm. but I am not a winter biker. An so I under don't desk bike. But it, here's the thing, though. Yes. It, But I've actually tried. We have an exercise bike. Here's the problem. First of all, my bike, my actual real bike is awesome. It fits me very well. It's actually what they call the extra large because being six foot four, you've got to, you know, you don't want to be cramped on this little tiny bike. So it's a very long bike for tall people. They don't make exercise bikes that take your height into account at all. It's just basically good luck. It's the same thing, you know, because yes, you can raise and lower the seat, but you cannot raise and lower the handlebars or anything like Mm. that. So you're, you're never really fully ergonomic on most of those exercise bikes. So that's one, that's the first problem. The second problem is I did exactly what you were talking about where I was on the exercise bike trying to work and I was bouncing around so much because I didn't have enough stability in my upper body that I couldn't really work effectively. Mm. So my idea and, and I don't know if anyone even has this is that you have a typical desk. It's a standard sit stand desk so you can raise it up and down. So you'd probably mm-hmm. have to have your monitor on a mount and you would have to have something where you could put your mouse and keyboard on a, an adjustable tray. Basically that's not necessarily on the desk because if the desk goes up too far in order to get your knees, you know, moving well then, you know, you're going to look like the dudes with the high handlebars that go to Sturgis on their motorcycles. So that doesn't work. Okay. So my idea that's is a called re- a chopper, Brian. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. The chopper, recumbent style, first of all. So you're sitting. If those of you for not, not familiar with the recumbent, you are sitting in a chair. So you're not on an actual bike seat back. Yeah, you're in a chair. You lean back a little bit, but you are biking. So your legs are moving. The pedals are, are down, but out sort of like if you're driving a car, you're sitting and your feet go out for the pedals. It's the same kind of thing where you're, you're biking like that. You know, you got to make sure that you can bike without hitting your knees on the desk. So that's one thing. It would keep your upper body stable. And basically, the controls would have to be somewhere that is not right in front of you, like most recumbent bikes or any kind of exercise bike. It'd have to be off to the side. So you could work the controls, set the difficulty. But basically, you are sitting stable. You are in perfect ergonomic situation. And repose, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you are able to basically bike comfortably while still working effectively. I don't think anything like that exists. But that would be the perfect thing because you're constantly moving as much as you want to. And if you don't, well, you've got a little foot rest.
0: If you do the treadmill route like I'm doing, maybe the, if you put the desk on some kind of gimbal, that would kind of float, essentially. While, mm. So while you're bouncing around, your thing's also bouncing with, I don't know, I don't know. I'm and that I'm totally that thinking off the top of my head. But, yeah. No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying bouncing, like jarring. I'm saying it would move, it would... Flow up and down as you flow up and down.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That
0: makes on sense. a gimbal, like a film cameras sure. type gimbal.
1: And I'm thinking too, you know, with this this under the recumbent bike kind of thing too, I think the easiest way is to be able to use your own desk chair rather than, you know, like the recumbent bike is all attached, the chair and everything. You yeah. Wouldn't, you wouldn't want okay. that because what if you need to move? What, you know? So you'd need right. to use your own desk chair, but then the actual recumbent part of the bike would be separate.
0: There's got to be some kind of cardiovascular, you know, light cardiovascular yeah activity that you can do if you're standing in front of your desk all day. There has to be and oh, there, some yeah, people there has to be. I mean and, and then some people do make the under desk treadmill work. Otherwise they wouldn't be able to sell them. Yeah. And so many different companies wouldn't make them. You can spend anywhere from three hundred to three thousand dollars on these things. Yeah. So
1: and you probably get what you pay for.
0: Maybe. I mean I, I researched it a lot. I was very sedulous in how I looked up the Ooh, stuff nice. up more or less. And uh, (laughs) I picked, I picked one of the least expensive ones that got the most ratings on Amazon for what you get. Okay. And I, you know, I read all the reviews and everything. I said, this one's the one for me right here. Best ROI right there. Yeah. Love it. So we'll see how it goes.
1: Okay. Love it. All right. So we have a couple TV shows we got to talk about really quickly. And then I've got that Hobbs and Shaw review. I want to do really quick too. So let's jump into that. I started watching this. This was a comic that I read. It was a free comic book day you know, the typical introductory comic that they gave out back in May and it was deadly class. It's a comic. It's also a TV show that I think came out either earlier this year or late last year. I'm not really sure. I didn't even know about it. That's what's so funny.
0: Was it, was it based on the comic or vice versa?
1: Sure. I mean, it was just an (laughs) introductory comic. So yes, I, I think it's an, I think it's an old comic that's been around for a while. And I think this, but I really honestly don't know any background. Okay. I just heard about it. I don't even know who aired it. I don't know anything about that stuff, but I'm like, I'm just going to find this show and I'm going to watch it. I've watched, I think two episodes, three episodes, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's weird because it's based on, you know, the typical school. So it's kind of like the Harry Potter where you've got the wizarding war, you know, the wizarding school that you go to essentially, but it's basically you, you go to this school to learn how to become an assassin, essentially, uh, which is okay. kind of weird. It, it's very interesting. It's based in the eighties, 1987. So they have some fun little 80s stuff around that. There are parts that I go, oh, okay, that was that was too much or that was really weird. But the story and the way they're doing it so far is I'm really enjoying it. So okay. it's interesting. We talked about last week, Another Life. Lord Thunder said that he enjoyed this show. He was enjoying it anyway. I don't know how far he got. And then I went on and read the reviews and they were really bad. And so he said, well, we'll, we'll watch it and see. Now, granted, I only watched episode one. How far did you get?
0: I got through the first half of episode
1: 1 <laughs> okay so it may maybe it gets better I don't know um the reviews were pretty negative they were pretty brutal and so I kind of went in a little jaded but I said no nope, I'm going to keep an open mind I'm going to see what's going on I always
0: go into these things wanting to like it yes. I mean come on I don't I wanted to like it I really did
1: and uh, I did too um, it's I, sci-fi yeah. so I wanted to as well come on
0: yeah got starbuck in it
1: she Is probably one of the best actors in this show, another life. And that was, I think the thing that caught me first is one. My first thought was interesting choice of actors. Yes. like I would (laughs) never ever have chosen these actors. Now one, are they bad actors? Well, they're coming off that way. They're coming off as like, you guys kind of suck. And where did you come from? And I don't know who you are maybe or two the characters are written so poorly that these actors just don't have much of a choice, in which case it's not yeah. the actor's fault. It's the writer's fault. And yeah. so, which brings me to my second point is that most of the characters in this show, I think kind of suck. In they're fact, kind of
0: stereotypes, they're, they're weird. They don't, they're, they're weird. weird fit. Modern stereotypes too. Yeah. They do
1: not fit at all. It's bizarre.
0: Her husband was his whole existence in the show was trying to agendize that it's okay. You can be a husband and a fa- a good husband and a father and still be sexually androgynous or something. weird. <laughs> oh, I
1: didn't, I did not pick up on that, but okay. It's, <laughs> I, was like, I, I didn't like it was him very, as
0: very, very odd. It I don't just like him as an actor
1: though and nothing against him, but I, everything he's ever been. And I'm just kind of like, eh, and, I've never seen him before. So. And I have like once or twice and he's always just been that, that guy who you don't yeah. remember. He's as Spock would well, say unremarkable, but say, yeah, well, the same thing, the captain of the ship, is an unremarkable actor to me too.
0: Yeah, they it's like, like the like writers you. were trying to stereotype millennials in that show. That's oh. what I felt. My best friend and I both stopped watching it at the same time. We we were discussing it, and he and I both turned it off at the exact same time in the in the show, halfway through the first episode, where something just truly ridiculous happens in the plot.
1: Um, you got to say what it is.
0: They try and slingshot around this star, which yeah. the scale of it. Compared to the ship, is ridiculous. It's like something that someone would have done back in the eighties. <laughs> the whole situation was just so unrealistic and so overdramatized and goofy that I couldn't keep going. I just, I, I had to pull the plug on it. So,
1: well, to be fair, the episode does get better. So here's my positive: I thought that the premise of it was interesting. I like the idea that, you know, they're on a spacecraft. It is sci-fi. I want to know what's going on. I love that stuff. Like, I really want to watch shows like that.
0: Yeah, but why they went on the spacecraft.
1: That is what doesn't make any sense to me. And this is where I'm still lost is because the, the premise is this, and this is not a spoiler at all. You're on earth. It's in the future. You don't, I don't think you really know when it is, but it's in the future sometime. This alien artifact lands on earth and everybody's like, holy crap, what is this? What's going on? And is it, is it a threat? is it friendly and it, we don't know and it
0: poops out some crystalline structure and they don't know what it's doing
1: yeah so they're worried that it's doing something and so the whole point is we got to we got to figure out what this is is it a threat to us how do we communicate with it what's going on that's about it and then you're they're having this conversation you know starbuck and her husband and and they're having this conversation and all of a sudden she's on a spacecraft and i'm like wait w- w- what what just yeah, what just happened why, why is she on a spacecraft
0: why they, yeah they explain why they left but it was a weird it was such a strange explanation that I've already forgotten what it was. So, the whole point was uh, that
1: we have to travel to this other planet in order to find the answer of why this artifact came to Earth. And I'm like, wait, yeah. is that the alien homeworld or what is going on? And they still didn't really explain it. And so, then the rest of the episode, so that's the first like 15 minutes of the episode, and it's an hour episode. So, the other 45 minutes of the episode is this like angst CW teen like. <laughs> over drama oh, of everybody just fighting each other. They all hate each other. They're all just like bashing. And I'm like, why are you guys bashing uh, each other? I thought you were a crew. Like there
0: was a the lot of angst, but, but yeah, they weren't hating each other per se, oh, but yeah, it was, that, that it one was girl, very angsty and and just like, come on guys. But that one
1: girl hated like the diplomat or something. And, and, and I loved it. The <laughs> diplomat was like 20 years old. And I thought, no, no diplomats going to be 20 something years old. Sorry the engineer, the head engineer is like 19 and I'm like, no, no way. Like, come on. She's not going to, not going to know yeah. that much. And unless it's like Doogie Howser. And so I'm just thinking like, this just doesn't feel real. I think we're, it makes we're no giving sense. This,
0: we're giving this way too much airtime, honestly.
1: Yeah. Well, it's an interesting story, <laughs> but the point being is that there is some salvation of it. There's still something about it though. Like I said, I, I pushed through the end of the episode that I'm like, there's something about it that draws me in to know what happens Okay, but I don't know if I want to push through all this angst CW teen crap. And, and by the way, they're not teens. It just feels like it. It feels like. In fact, the guy actually said, "Does it feel like I just stepped into a middle school locker room?" And I'm like, "Yep, that pretty much sums <laughs> it up right there, man." <laughs> One of the characters said that, and I just said, "That's that's literally what it feels like." And so
0: without the without the charm of a middle school locker room, I might add. Well, true.
1: But again, there's something about it. it's almost like there's there's multiple stories going on. There's the story with the husband on earth trying to figure out what this artifact does there's like starbuck and the artificial intelligence story which by the way that's the interesting part because that's more of like the plot sort of hmm. and then there's the crew and the crew just annoys the heck out of me <laughs> yeah. so i'm like i i don't know what it if was I can, the crew
0: and the slingshot that did it for me and my best friend both yeah. we we had the exact same opinion which is really rare we 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 both had a good laugh about it because we don't ever agree on that much. And as far as media we do, but we not all the time. So
1: I think it's one of those, like, here's the best way to put it. You know, how like shows are super cheesy or movies are super cheesy, but they know it. And so they play off that.
0: That'd be one thing.
1: Yes. This is like a really cheesy, not the greatest type of show trying to take itself super seriously. And I think that's the problem is that if they didn't take themselves so seriously, it would actually probably be a really good show. So, I don't know. Take it what you will. The fact that Lord Thunder enjoys it, he sees something in the show that is, I assume, good because I, I usually have similar opinions as him. I
0: totally envy him for liking it. I really do. I don't, I don't look down on anyone who likes that show. I, if you like something and someone else doesn't, then you have the advantage. Sure. If it gives you pleasure and it does not give other people pleasure, then that's a good thing for you.
1: And that's why I typically like to say If there's a show that I enjoy, I mentioned this last year, the worst, Witch, a, and I said this, it's like a kid's version of Harry Potter. It's a Netflix show. Totally cheesy. Totally cheesy. Third season just came out. I'll be watching it in October. I said this. It's cheesy. It's definitely geared for kids, but there's something about that show that I just really like. And I think it's because it's happy. It's positive. It's got a charm to it. It's like Harry Potter, but without all the dark depressing stuff that went on in in some of the later movies it's more like the first okay. two movies if that makes sense it's a lot like that it's fun okay. it's just fun yeah right but i yeah. i always always say but it's cheesy and it is made for kids so if you go into it thinking dude it's going to be some sweet harry potter movie like you know movie seven <laughs> you're going to be disappointed and you're going to think what's wrong with brian so that's why i try to
0: what is wrong with brian honestly that's it. a whole different episode
1: <laughs> hey next week's <laughs> topic right there all right Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings series. Talk about this.
0: A lot of you have heard that it's coming out. Amazon bought the rights several years ago to to make their own Lord of the Rings series. And they're finally going to start filming it starting next year. I was reading an article about it recently. It says Tolkien's estate has refused Amazon permission to use the bulk of the Lord of the Rings plot from the trilogy, which is the third age in Middle Earth. What the heck? But then I kept reading, and it, you know, the Amazon's plan all along was to portray the second age. They've always been intending to do a prequel. So the second age of Middle-earth, which is called the Age of Numenor, they're going to do that as long as it keeps the general shape of Tolkien's timeline, as long as that general shape remains unaltered. And so they've hired this Tolkien expert named Tom Shippey to consult with them and to make sure that they don't overstep their bounds and cause any future lawsuit with Tolkien's estate. And I kind of think this is cool. So I kind of did a 180-degree attitude on this. My my knee-jerk reaction was, come on. Then I realized, wait, this is a golden opportunity for Amazon to pull another Game of Thrones-level series out of their butts uh, if they do it right. And I just want to relate one quote by this Tom Shippey guy. He said, Amazon has a relatively free hand when it comes to adding something, since, as I said, very few details are known about this time span. He's talking about the second age. The Tolkien estate will insist that the main shape of the second age is not altered. Sauron invades Eriador. Part of Eriador is where the Shire was, is forced back by a Numenorean expedition, returns to Numenor. There he corrupts the Numenorians and seduces them to break the ban of the Velar. All this, the course of history must remain the same, but you can add new characters and ask a lot of questions like, what has Sauron done in the meantime? You know, between yeah, when he was banished the first time and then when he rose to power again in mm-hmm. the movies we all and books we all love. But it must not contradict anything that Tolkien did say. Okay. That's what Amazon has to watch out for. It has sure. to. It must be canonical. Okay, That's a good word. I like and that. And I really appreciate that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Because unlike Star Wars, where they can just do whatever the heck they want with Star Wars canon, they're being forced by this estate to stay within the canon of the fantasy realm that has been established. And he goes on to say, it is impossible to change the boundaries which Tolkien's created. It is necessary to remain Tolkienian. <laughs> okay. Now, however, I want to add we have been burned before. This is my opinion. We've been burned before by Jackson himself, Peter Jackson, when he filled in the details, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for the Hobbit in his ridiculous, you know, Hobbit trilogy. He took that book, pulled a bunch of other random lore from Lord of the Rings and bloated it into 3 movies. I just really hope that Amazon does the right thing here. I think that they're being steered properly by the Tolkien estate and that's a good thing. Yeah. And so as long as they can just throw good writing at it, go game of Thrones on this guys. I'm very cautiously excited about this. So,
1: well I am too. And that actually gives me some hope too, that they're trying to do something that's, I I mean, no offense, but the prequel, let's just be honest. Prequels are getting old, but this does make sense because there's really not a lot of sequel opportunities when it comes to Lord of the Rings. So with the prequel, that actually does make some sense, and they could do this very, very well, as long as they do exactly what you said they they were actually going to do. So we'll and see. there's
0: like three thousand years of invented history that they can cover in this series that they want, and they probably won't cover that much. But sure. but it could be cool. they've got a lot of stuff they can pull from Tolkien's Silmarillion. Oh yeah, uh, and other notes that he's that he's made while he was alive that they could do this right. If they, if they choose to,
1: if they do it, like Lord of the Rings was done, it will be amazing. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. And Peter, that was, that was Jackson's opus hands down.
1: So, all right, well, very exciting. All right, last thing. And then we'll, we'll wrap on up and head on out of here. Hobbs and Shaw, fast and furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. frozen
0: cars. (laughs) (laughs) I just had to throw that out there.
1: So here's (laughs) the funny part. First of all, I do love the fast and furious series. This movie though, Cause I actually went back and rewatched most of them just to kind of make sure that I was ready for this. You didn't really need to do that. Interestingly, Hobbs and Shaw was kind of its own tale. I know Johnny Pistolshot went into it, not knowing really hardly anything at all. And it did not affect the movie in any way. So okay. you've never seen that. This is kind of a one-off. This is certainly not a bros and cars movie at all. It's very much an action movie. I mean, it is Jason Statham and Dwayne, the rock Johnson, dude, Total action, total, you know, like roid rage, testosterone fest, beautiful, great fight scenes and it's actually really good. In fact, it's even got some Mission Impossible type elements to it. You know, it's just, it's well done. There are cheesy parts of this movie and they totally, totally capitalize on it, which right, they makes make, it great. They do it Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, the soundtrack's fun. Everything really, honestly it was a fun movie. We walked out of there going, that was great. That was a really good time. Good. Well done. Cool. Good review. I like it. Oh, well, this has been a lot of fun. Tons of fun. Yeah, tons to talk about. Definitely would love to hear your thoughts and answers to any of those questions we were asking earlier. Seriously, send them in. It would be great. And of course, the most important part of any episode of the real Brian show is where we give (laughs) the best possible advice. Basically just live and die by what you're about to hear.
0: Deep Thoughts with Captain Influence. When my cat is excited, she will shiver and meow at the same time. We call it a meowver. It's really cute, but then I start to wonder what would happen if she spazzed out and meowed at the same time. I can't think of a cute name for that combination, so I'll just call it a cat attack. I still have the scars
1: to prove it. Captain Influence, thank you. It's been fun. Oh,
0: dude. Every day, every week, every time, every time. TRB. yes.
1: Woo! All right. Like I said, we'd love to hear from you. So get writing. Send in your voicemails. Your writing, everything, so I, whatever. Just, just get in touch with us. I want to hear some of those thoughts. I want to hear where you're at. And you know what the music means? Oh yes. Time to eat. Bring it. I'm starving. I'm hungry. Mm. All right. Well, until next week, we'll have another, maybe we will talk about what is wrong with The Real Brian. That'll be next week's topic. No. <laughs> Terrible. Let's have a whole panel of guests <laughs> for that one. <laughs> we wouldn't have enough time. All right. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Real Brian shows. Signing off.
0: The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.